Hi everyone, this is Jim Anderson coming to you from the Biblically Driven Business Podcast. And I'm uh, coming back to you today um, feeling weak. Um, I have been working my buns off. Um, worked long hours this last week at, um, at my full-time job and um, uh, finishing up the last week of the one-way funnel or the one funnel away challenge. And I tell you, <laughs> it kicks your butt, that, uh, that challenge. Um, there's a lot of work to do in a short period of time, but I'm telling you, I have accomplished a lot. Uh, but I am beat. I am tired. <clears throat> Which brings me to my topic today. Um, and realizing that I can't do this alone. And I have been taught that I should be able to, and that's a difficult voice for me to hear in my head. And um, so I'm going to talk about that a little bit. You know, it's like, here's, here's the question. Am I the entrepreneurial hero or is God? Um, and before I talk more about that, let me, let me just read a uh, Bible passage here that is relevant to um, to what what I'm talking about. It uh, comes from 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1 through 5. When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. And I did so, so you would not trust in human wisdom, but in the power of God. That is a great passage when it comes to what I'm doing on this journey and where I'm at in my life and um, where my weaknesses have brought me um, and where God is maturing me in this process. This process is important. Uh, it's not just for me to, to learn to, to make a better living and to serve others better but also to be more spiritually mature. So I think this is what is the greatest paradox or what might be the greatest paradox of the Christian life is the way God's power becomes alive when we're weak. It's a difficult concept. You know, I was raised to be independent and to pull myself up by my own bootstraps. And over the years, I learned that this is not what God has intended. Um, I was taught to be strong and to emphasize my strengths. Yet, what we really should be doing is admit our weaknesses and to live in our vulnerabilities. You know, being able to do this is a major indication of spiritual maturity. And I am still learning to do that. You know, when, when we live where we're weak, that's when God is glorified. He's glorified instead of us. Miracles happen and lives are changed for the sake of the kingdom 
when we do that, when God is glorified in what we do. And that's why I say this business effort, and you know, this this uh, journey to build a business that serves people is is what this is all about. It's about giving glory to God. And being a leader is a lonely place to be. And it doesn't have to be because God is with you. And if and um, anyway, it doesn't make logical sense to us. Why, and that's why it's this is so hard for us. But it's important. Because it means if we live like this, with this kind of trust in God, we give it our best and not cave in when the going gets tough. We know God will fill the gap. And if we don't have this kind of trust, we're going to rely on our own power and we're going to try to pretend that if we try harder, we'll succeed. You know, a lot of success literature out there just says if we think positively enough and we man- we can manifest success in our mind and it will become reality. That is one of the biggest lies out there. You, you can't think your way into reality. And this also may be partly because we're starting to believe in our society that what is true is what we think is true. And if it's true for me, it's true. That doesn't make it true for you. So we have this disconnection with what reality is. <laughs> and so we began to make it in our mi- a reality in our mind and then believe it's reality when it really isn't and we're deceived. And that's when we fall flat on our face and we're devastated. And that's when we give up long before God can use our efforts for his glory. Because we didn't have the we didn't have the faith in him. We put the faith in our own thoughts instead. Actually, you know, he probably uses it anyway, but we're just not there with him and we don't see it. You know, when we know we're weak and the goal is reached, we know that he's the one that did it, not us. Anytime we take an effort to be a leader, many of us around us are skeptical and if not outright critical of us. And they point out, you know, every lost battle, every stumble we make, and and they say things to discourage us from continuing. And sadly, this is a universal problem. So as you're trying to start something like what I'm doing, and we're going on this journey the first to criticize you are probably going to be your family and friends. They just think you're nuts for taking any kind of risk and question your every move. You know, I bet secretly inside, they're just envious that they don't have the courage to step out away from the crowd and seek to make a difference, to be a leader. You know, part of the path to success is dealing with, with this excess weight that they bring to you that can hold you back and, and cause you to fail and make this, they just make this journey even more difficult than it already is. Um, but this is, you know, this is how I feel right now. Um, you know, I, in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm alone. Um, you know, I have my wife supporting me. Um, but I know that I, I can't let, people hold me down and I have no 
choice right now but to move forward. Anything else will make my critics right because I am on the edge. I have to do this. I have to succeed at this. I have no other options. The the bridges have been burned. I didn't learn my lessons soon enough, and hopefully I am learning them now. Um, so, you know, and don't get me wrong. I mean, my wife is in this with me. She's, you know, um, we, I have her support, you know, she is struggling with her own things right now. And, and one of the challenges that we have is that she can't go, she can't get work. Um, she has some health issues that are holding her back. And, you know, they, and she may not be able to get work soon, which we need it right now. And I don't make enough at this point to do that. Um, but as I am building this, I am um, going to be able to do that eventually, Lord willing. Um, but, she, you know, she still supports me and she holds me accountable and encourages me. And without her by my side, my chances for failure are going to be wildly magnified. And, you know, her support can also help keep me going. You know, at the same time, it is one way how I know if I'm straying from God's will, if she doesn't support me. But I know this is God's will because I've reflected significantly on this idea of creating my own job. And I know it is God's will for me to be productive regardless of whether anyone else decides to hire me and to pay me. I, you know, I do have a job and they do pay me, but it's not enough. And it's not, and I'm way overqualified for what I'm doing. Knowing I am in God's will gives me strength. And I know he has my back. And no matter how things turn out, I know it will be for my good. I know that in my weaknesses, when I admit them and rely on God, he makes them my strength. And he gives me the strength I need. And if I've got a, uh, any, any time here, um, this might go a little bit long, but I want to read a little bit of passage here from the study from the Bible for Hope, which um, I got given to me as a gift when I graduated from seminary. And it talks about Paul's example in this uh, scripture passage. And here's what it says. The, apost- the Apostle Paul struggled mightily with this confounding trap. He halted the thorn in the flesh that afflicted him, or he hated it, not halted, I'm reading it wrong. He hated the thorn in the flesh that afflicted him. He begged God over and over to remove it, and God didn't. Instead, God told Paul that he would be just fine living in God's presence and that his power would come alive in Paul's weaknesses. You know how most of us respond when we are in Paul's position. We whine, we bargain, we curse, we turn away, we keep begging God to do it our way instead of his. We would prefer not to hear God say, live with it by living deeper in me. What did Paul do? Paul realized that God was not going to remove his weakness despite his best efforts to convince him to do so. 
Paul surely told God that he would be much more effective at preaching and teaching and much more effective for the kingdom without his weakness. But God said no. So Paul changed his approach, realizing that he would be glad about his weakness and even boast about it, knowing that through it, Christ would be glorified. Therefore, he would be content in the midst of his thorny suffering. Paul was so full of the Holy Spirit, so imbued by the presence and power of Christ that no experience of pain and suffering could dent its delightful impact. He did the counterintuitive thing. He embraced what he and we would normally reject. Not only weakness, but insults, hardships, disasters, and persecution that he embraced. Nothing adverse or painful could overcome the power of living fully in Christ. Instead, those difficulties became the very doors to a life of intimacy with God. Paul grasped something that few of us know. God's grace was, in fact, fully sufficient for the trial of suffering he was facing. In fact, it was sufficient for any trial he faced. And this knowledge changed Paul's life, made him delight in the Lord, and filled him with praise and thanksgiving. It brought to life the truth that the joy of the Lord, not good circumstances, not good health, not lots of money, and not spiritual perfection is our strength. Make this your fervent prayer. Lord, you are so great that your mere presence is sufficient for me, that alone will change my life completely. When I am weak, then I am most strong in Christ. Nothing will ever be the same again. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.